0: Hello listeners, and welcome to Teach Me Something, a podcast where I research something I think is cool so that you never have to sit through all the boring bits. Just me. (laughs) It's a good service. Um, I'm Melissa.
1: And I'm Everett.
0: So last week we talked about some really cool monkeys. If you have a list of that one, I would highly suggest it. It's been one of my favorites so far. Mm -hmm. And this week I wanted to start a little bit of a, just a two-part series on the periodic table of the elements. Okay. i Promised last time and I will promise again that this is not gonna be like high school chemistry class. No one has to memorize any like atomic masses or molecular weights of anything. No That's too bad. No orders of <laughs> if you want to go ahead. That's the okay. whole point of this, Everett. If you wanna pour over your old chemistry textbooks, then that's a sounds like a win for you. For sure. Um so I'm going to put a lot of pressure on Everett today with his chemistry degree to explain some concepts and make some educated guesses and and mm-hmm, all those mm-hmm. things. <laughs> I'll
1: do my best to remember to way back when.
0: Well, you probably didn't learn about much of this in university because we're just really going to do a survey of the elements' names.
1: Yeah, you're right. We didn't do much And of how that did else.
0: they get those names? Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Teach me something.
0: Okay. We're going to go way back. Like we do all the time, but this time we're going back to ancient Greece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as we do. And the first attempt to properly identify elements was actually done by a man you may have heard of, named Pythagoras.
1: I have heard of him. He was very good at theorems.
0: Well, you probably know or think that he did some excellent work in mathematics.
1: I think he did an excellent job with triangles. Oh, right triangles. Oh,
0: you may learn something new in a second then. You may you may not know though that Pythagoras was also one of the first <laughs> if not the first cult leaders.
1: Well, those triangles, I tell you.
0: <laughs> so the Pythagorean order is quite a mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, because we do know that to reveal the group's secrets would result in exile. We know they were not allowed to touch white chickens.
1: Well, but who is?
0: We know they were forbidden from eating beans.
1: Mm -hmm. Deal breaker, I think.
0: We think Pythagoras was murdered because an angry mob chased him to the edge of a bean field. By the way, led by someone he didn't let into his order and was mad about it or something. That's the theory.
1: Um, Hence why they're not allowed to eat beans.
0: Well, no, because he got to the bean field and rather than entering it, like running away through the bean field, he he would not enter. And instead he turned around and walked into the mob and was beaten to death. Okay, Um, Real good job. (laughs) So we also now think that much of the maths attributed to Pythagoras, like his famous... Formula
1: mm-hmm.
0: to find the hypotenuse of a right angle triangle. Yes. Was actually a product of the collective Pythagorean order. Sure. Hundreds of years probably after his death.
1: Oh. <clears throat> um, okay, fine. That
0: particular one, most of the things attributed to him, maybe he didn't do it all, is what I'm saying. So I learned that. Yeah. I learned that. Hmm.
1: Um, anyways. Eat more beans.
0: Back to the elephants. The Pythagoreans—they liked math so much that their table of elements was just numbers,
1: okay—and
0: not like, a, in like a fancy code type of way, just one, two, three, four, five, six, just and on, just counting, in order.
1: Well, counting's good. Uh,
0: so next we have Empedocles, and I think you'll remember him from the four humors episode, right? Sure. You remember back that far, right? Uh, yes, Empedocles was the first person to offer up a theory, you know, that everything was made up of elements and here are the elements, earth, water, fire, and air.
1: One, um, two, three, and four.
0: But he called them roots. If you recall back that far, it was actually Aristotle that came up with the name elements. Okay. Um, or, you know, the Greek name for that because they didn't speak English, but uh, no one really- strange, but no okay. One <laughs> no one really attempted to make like a new system at all. Until the late 1700s, everyone was just like, "Sure, we'll stick with this four humors, four elements thing. Everything's clearly made of them. Yeah, we don't need to learn." Um, a chemist named Antoine Lavoisier, maybe he might be called that if I'm pronouncing the French correctly. So that's my guess.
1: Or similarly um, named.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's close. He recognized and named oxygen in 1778, hydrogen in 1783. Um, he was the one that figured out that water was made of oxygen and hydrogen and air was made of nitrogen and oxygen. And he was like, all right, I'm going to put, I'm going to write up all this down. Basically <laughs> all these elements I've found, I need to write these down. And they did know of a lot of metals from the olden times. Okay. Um, so basically he had a 33 element table and he put them in four groups, gases, metals, nonmetals, and earths. Sure. He, got, he got all 17 of the metals right. That was a good job. He got a few of the gases right, a few non-metals. But he put things like light and heat as gases. And like just, you know, mm. he did some things wrong. And,
1: yeah, okay. Um, Physical and, properties into development right. in some cases.
0: And, um, and just on a side note, he was actually one of the inventors of the metric system. Um, and he came up with other really important ideas like conservation of mass.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But... Uh, but he was um, also a very influential French noble. So I'll just let you fill in the blanks of what happened to him in yeah. the late 1700s. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, after he was guillotined, <laughs> there were many attempts to organize the elements all of a sudden. It was the hot thing to do. Chemistry was becoming, um, well, chemistry was finally becoming knowable <laughs> and people were all over that. So, some people group them by their reactions with other elements. Uh, some group them by, like, an appearance or odor. Or uh, mm-hmm. Then one scientist realized that every eighth element starts to repeat certain properties in an octave-like pattern. Yep. And so, he thought the table should be organized according to music theory. Oh. Because of an octave. Okay. Right? Yeah, He He gets sure. close. So, his name was John Newland's he was so very close. He had seven columns, he named them families. Eight rows, named periods. hmm And the order, he determined, would be the mass of each element.
1: Totally seems logical and somewhat familiar.
0: Right? And so you're kind of wondering, but the period table didn't get invented in the early 1800s. Anyways, so that was because he just didn't conceive of the fact there were missing elements. Okay he was assuming that there must be all the elements, and so they should be just in order of their mass, and okay. he, certain ones didn't fit with certain other ones. Like, he wanted it to in the columns, so he's like, I bet I could just squish two into the same box to make my pattern work better. Um, so okay. he did a lot of things like that, or just like, I know this doesn't go here, but I'm putting it here because I have nowhere else to put it. So he, I mean, he was so on the right track, but that really... um Elusive concept of the fact that that yes, there's a pattern, but we're missing pieces of it.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, didn't come up yet. Until, do you remember? Do you remember chemistry ever it? who made the first oh. real periodic table of the elements?
1: No, the, the names always elude me. All right,
0: in 19 or in 1869, pardon me. We are going to head to Russia, Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. where Dmitri Mendeleev. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know that name.
0: Uh, (laughs) Well, you say that now. Well, all these things are going to be familiar
1: after you say them, but...
0: (laughs) Um, He created the very first periodic table that actually worked. Yeah. So here's how he says this happened. He'd been working on this for days and nights. Oh, okay. He was trying to figure out how this could work. He knew there was a pattern. What was going on? He says he was up for three straight days and nights, and then he fell asleep.
1: Hmm as and people do he
0: had an extremely vivid dream where all the elements rose up in the air and then arranged themselves in the perfect order and he noticed that there were gaps so apparently he dreamed up the right answer sure. that people had been looking for for 100 years well probably more well, than that, you know why not um because, <laughs> you know, that's the key to the puzzle. He constructed a consistent table with open spots for the missing elements. And, you know, as new elements were discovered, they fit nicely into these empty slots, which let us all know we were on yeah. the right track. Mendeleev did a great job mm-hmm. <laughs> in his dreams. Um, so I said this isn't going to be boring school chemistry, so we're done with the history lesson. I won't go much more into that. Sure. I'm going to focus for the rest of the episode on how the elements were named. So, there is an organization called IUPAC. There is. International Union of Pure and Applied Chemistry. Mm-hmm. And they have specific rules about how to name an element.
1: Yeah, there's are sticklers for them rules.
0: Sometimes. They've broken those rules twice recently. Uh, yeah.
1: They've, they've broken let, those rules a lot let of let times.
0: Living scientists lend their names to elements.
1: Yeah, <gasps> I remember that that was one of the rules, um, but sure.
0: The scientist who discovers an element gets to propose a name. Mm-hmm. The IUPAC committee will debate it for five months before it could be approved or not. Um, there's been fights. Um, the biggest conflict is actually called the Transfermium Wars. Oh, The Transfermium Wars. Yeah. Does that like need to be like, like a, a comic book? Some type of like... Dang, that's a cool name.
1: Yeah, like so, Comet Miners.
0: It's a Latin word. As you'll guess, the trans, and then fermium, which is an element. So, trans-fermium. Basically, the war was who gets to name or be called the discoverer of the elements after fermium. Trans-fermium, beyond fermium. Right. So, most of the battles were between American and Russian scientists. Yeah. Germans and Japanese got in there as well. I could see that. And we're talking, like... The sixties to the nineties, like a three-decade-long war, where these elements went unnamed because there was such vehement objection on both sides to to what their names were or who discovered what. Yeah. Because, as you can imagine, at this point, we're smashing things together. Exactly, we are making them. So, <sighs> claiming to be the discoverer is a little more fraught. Um,
1: Especially when the technology lent it to the like at that time, they're using effectively the same. General techniques and smashing these elements together, then being like, "Oh, I'm the first one to have a slightly stable version last of this that lasts for .003 mac- yeah. seconds." Exactly. So I win. Anyways, yeah.
0: yeah. So that's tough. So here's the rules: newly discovered elements can be named after a mythological concept or character,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or an astronomical object. But those all have mythological names, so it's like mythology. hard to kind of distinguish that. Yeah, yeah. just mythology. A mineral, a place or region, a property of the element, like a lot of them are named after different colors Mm -hmm. or other things like that, Um, or a scientist, usually one who was dead, but there has been two times when someone's named an element after someone who's been alive. Okay. Um, I'm going to once again try to save the best part to me for last, and we'll leave the mythology elements to the end. Great. So some elements are named after the mineral that they're found in. Carbon, from the Latin carbo, for coal. Oh, okay. Lithium comes from the Greek lithos, for stone.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Calcium, from the Latin calx, which means lime, because it, they got it from heating limestone. Sure. Samarium, which I didn't know was an element, but there you go. Samarium is from the mineral samarskite, which is a cool name, so I thought I'd include that. Tungsten... Means heavy stone in Swedish.
1: Oh, okay, sure.
0: Interestingly, the Nordic countries are among the only ones that don't call it tungsten. (laughs) So I wonder if it's some kind of like, how dare you use Swedish in, you know, the Nordic countries and like like kind of a rivalry. I don't, I don't know if that's what it's about, but it's kind of funny to me. Yeah.
1: Um. All right. Fair (laughs) enough.
0: So the interesting thing about tungsten is that it's one of those few elements that have, like, a symbol, an elemental symbol that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with its name. Most symbols, you know, C for carbon, you know, yep. they, they, they represent <clears throat> the name. Yep. Um, so, Everett, what's the symbol for tungsten? W. W. It's a good thing I let you know the questions before we started the broadcast. Well, that
1: one, yeah. I did not remember that um. one.
0: <laughs> so, W, because... Wolf why not
1: <laughs> or or wolfram whatever
0: wolfram is the original name and that's okay. a german word coming from wolf meaning get this wolf's cream or also wolf's foam
1: yeah that's <laughs>
0: does that help you does that help you at all
1: totally makes me think of tungsten so
0: so um Apparently, it's a reference to the large amounts of tin that's consumed by the mineral during extraction. As though devouring the tin like a wolf.
1: All right. Sure.
0: No, I still think it's a pretty big stretch, but.
1: A little bit. But um, okay. but
0: wolf. Huh. Wolfram um, is a very exciting name, so. I don't know, I'll, I'll give him that one. Um, so what about the other elements that don't have matching names and symbols? Well, they're pretty much all because of the Latin name. Sure. One time and there was a Greek name. But they're pretty much all from the Latin name of the elements. So as you can imagine, these ones that have not matching names are, are much older and were named
1: well, before English was the... Some of them are precious metals. Gold, silver, mercury. Yeah, they, they've
0: known about those for a long time. Yeah, silver, arg- argentum in yeah, Latin.
1: Yeah, okay. A-G, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a, that Latin word is derived from an Indo-European word that means shiny. Perfect. Argentina is named after silver. It is the only country named after an element. Oh. Put that in your trivia no, lock in. box and lock it up there. Well, don't lock one it up. Day. It needs
1: to get out some point. Well, you but... keep
0: it safe until you go okay. to a, a trivia competition. Yeah, don't let someone or else you need steal to impress someone at a, at a dinner party. Or a you chemistry meet, dinner or party. Or you meet someone from Argentina and you tell them their country is named after silver and they're like, duh, or I don't care. Yeah. Probably one of those two. Um, sodium symbol. NA. Is after natrium, the Latin name. Okay. From the Greek nitron, from the Arabic natron. Sure. Uh, apparently, a lot of countries actually still use the name natrium, not sodium. Really? So, yeah. Okay. Very popular. Uh, potassium. K. Okay. Kalium in Latin, from the Arabic al-kali, which was actually the ashes left over after a plant burns.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, the
0: equivalent term in English was oh. potash. Yeah. And voila, potassium. Okay. So there's the K and potassium. And it's um, also
1: part of the alkalines, isn't it? I don't
0: know.
1: I'm pretty sure it is. Why
0: are you asking me? Well, just. You you're know. the chemist. You're so I'm just saying. To, goes back to, to K. This makes sense. Color I'm just making connections on the fly here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, iron.
1: Iron is F E.
0: Mm hmm. Ferrum means I've heard iron that yeah. or sword. Yeah. <laughs> Ferrum means iron. Okay, helpful. That was helpful, internet.
1: Well, and also, you know, iron's associated with terms like ferrous and ferrous metals and that type of yes, uh, magnetism. Correct. Yeah.
0: Um, there are actually over two hundred different names for iron in use globally today oh. when talking about that. So that's going to be really confusing.
1: I. Uh, that's got to be sure.
0: Um, copper is actually the one that's from Greek. Cu. Yes. So it's cuprum from the Greek kipros which is the island of Cyprus in Greek.
1: Did they have a lot of copper there or, or produced copper from there? was from famously
0: there? huge copper reserves there okay. in ancient times, especially, obviously. Yeah, And right. they mined it, so maybe not as much anymore. I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, tin. Ooh, this is a tough one. Tin.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I can't remember. S-N. SN
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, was thinking, I, was, I could think of leads, but not tin. It's from
0: stanum in Latin. Hmm. I tried to figure out what that meant, but they just told me it meant tin. So I'm like, well, okay. that's helpful. Again, yeah. again, Circular. really helpful. Um, antimony, another tough one.
1: No, I don't remember antimony.
0: S-B, from the Latin stibium, from the Greek stibi, meaning eye paint. So, oh, like coal, not short. Like you've heard of the Egyptians and the Greeks and the Romans using coal mm-hmm. that has antimony. Um, a popular but not probably entirely true etymology <laughs> is that antimony derives from the French "antimoine," meaning "anti-monk," because oh. because many early alchemists were monks who tried to transform antimony into gold. However, antimony is extremely toxic, and it just killed a bunch of monks. So anti-monk, antimony. Like I said, the internet said said even that is probably not true.
1: Well, Um, More
0: likely, it derives from the Greek antimonos, meaning against aloneness, because it's rarely found naturally in its metallic state by itself.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: So, I mean, two stories. I'll let you choose which one you like the best. I know which one I pick. Yeah. A monk assassin. Um, gold from the Latin name Aurum. Yeah, AU. AU, there you go. Mercury.
1: Um, HG.
0: Mm-hmm. So Mercury's original Latin name was actually Argentum Vivum, living silver. Okay. The Latin later borrowed from the old Greek name. Which was hydrargyros. There you go. Okay. Liquid silver. Yeah. To get hydrargyrum. All right. That's where the HG comes from. And... It's
1: also where we get the term quicksilver.
0: I was just going to say quicksilver is the original Old English name yeah. for mercury. Yeah. Um, okay. The last one that's got a weird symbol is lead.
1: PB. hmm
0: This is my f- favorite word in this whole podcast. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Do you know what it is?
1: No. Because,
0: oh, you'd make me giggle if you said it first, but... No, I don't. I try not to giggle too hard.
1: Plumbumbium?
0: It's plumbum, yes. Oh, it is. Plumbum.
1: There you (laughs) go. Sorry,
0: I can't can't not giggle at plumbum. Um, It's a really old word, and its origins were sometime before ancient Greece, but it's not known. Okay. Um, Plumbum is also the root of plumbing and plumber. Mm -hmm. You're nodding like you know why. Tell me why.
1: Because they used to use lead in all the pipes. Yes. It's what pipes used to be made out of.
0: Exactly. There yeah. you go.
1: Lead's very I mean, we
0: all know that was a great idea, but we didn't know then.
1: Well, lead's very craftable and sturdy. Um yeah, they used to and love toxic. it for water. Do well I know, know. that was, I know they didn't know it was toxic, but it like didn't rust. It was very sturdy and it was very formable. Like you could form it. Mm. So it was great for plumbing.
0: Nice. For those reasons. mum Bon, bon. <laughs> so, speaking of Latin names, we actually have 42 elements names that come from Greek, 23 from Latin, 11 from English, 5 are Anglo Saxon, 5 German,
1: mm-hmm.
0: 5 Swedish. Good Sweden, job. 2 Norse, 3 Russian, and 1 Japanese, 1 Sanskrit, 1 Gaelic, 1 Arabic, 1 Spanish.
1: Okay.
0: And when I added those up, they didn't add up to 118, so I'm not really certain. What that's all about. I don't know how to.
1: Some. Alien I don't know what's missing. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> so, um, we've got elements that are named after other elements. Um, molybdenum is from the Greek for lead, molybdos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cr- no, Molten now plumbum. we're mixing Greek and Latin. <laughs> Platinum is Spanish from platina, which is little silver. Okay. Radon, derived from radium. And radium, by the way, means ray of light. Okay. Of Latin. Yep. Yeah. Uh, zirconium is from the Arab- Arabic zircon, meaning gold-like. I did not know zirconium was yellow. I've never really looked at what yeah. zirconium. I don't know in what way it's gold-like. Is what I'm trying to say, I but thought, that's what I it thought means. It
1: was silver in its metallic form, but it could just be different oxidation state. Least all I know about yellow.
0: zirconium is cubic zirconium. Yeah. <laughs> which is clear so i don't know um nickel is named after copper actually from the german for devil's copper something like that i'll explain that one later because that one's an interesting case um and there are over 30 elements named for places regions cities countries um including three of the four most recently added elements in fact france gets lots of mentions Twice its country name gets up there, Francium and Gallium, from the Mm -hmm. Latin for the region of Europe that France is in, which is Gallia. Um, Paris gets a mention, kind of, again, in the form of Lutetium, because Lutetia, Lutetia? I don't know how you say it, is Latin for Paris, kind of. It's like the city, the Latin city that was there before Paris, that just kind of turned into Paris. Oh, okay. They call Lutetia. Chia, Lutitia. They don't have the sh sound in Latin, so I don't know how you... Lutitia would be how you would say it. Sure. So Lutitium, I guess, is the element. Polonium is for Poland, mm. discovered by none other than uh, Marie Curie. Mm-hmm. Germanium for Germany. Ruthenium for Russia. The U.S. has Americium. Yeah. Um, And then, like, uh, more regional ones. Californium, Berkeleum. I knew of
1: California. I hadn't heard of... Berkelium. Um,
0: there's a bunch of other elements like berkelium that are named for you know like Russian and German mostly cities. Okay. Um, lots lots of ones kind of from Sweden. Like I said, holmium for Stockholm. Okay. One I had no idea about. Magnesium is actually named after a region in Greece in Thessaly called Magnesia. Really? Hmm. I didn't know that one. This is a cool story. So there's eight elements that were first isolated from rocks quarried in a small, small village in Sweden called Itterby. Y T T E R B Y. Itterby.
1: Uh, uh-huh. like Ethereum.
0: So Itterby is now famous for being the single richest source of elemental discoveries in the world. Okay. And like I said, like a really tiny northern mining town in Sweden. Village. I don't okay. even know you can call it that. So four of the elements from there are named in tribute to this village. Iterbium, Erbium, Terbium, and Yttrium. Okay. With Y's in, at the start. Yeah. I'm saying it. So also Scandium, named for Scandinavia, and then Holmium, named for Stockholm. Stockholm. Mm-hmm. Thulium... Named after Thule, which is the Greco-Roman term for like Scandinavia back in the day. Back in the Greco-Roman days, the area that's analogous to Scandinavia, okay. they call thule. thule. Thule.
1: Thule. Okay. Thule, sure.
0: Thule or Thule.
1: Like th- depends on T H U L E, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Depending on how you pronounce things, which I am, I'm going to clarify for the millionth time on this podcast. Not good at.
1: That's fine.
0: Um, and then the last eighth one is named for. Um, a Finnish chemist, Johan Gadolin, is gadolinium. Mm-hmm. So all those eight elements were discovered the same quarry in this tiny little. It's, That's it's impressive. Crazy, yeah. yeah. So, like gadolinium, there are other elements named for famous scientists. Yeah. Fifteen in total. Only two of whom were women. Not terribly surprisingly.
1: And only one of them, Einstein. <laughs>
0: um. Yes, only one of them is named after Einstein. You're yeah. right. Do you know the two that were named after women? I only knew one. I can't say I do. So, Curium.
1: Yeah, Marie Curie.
0: Yeah. And, um, Meitnerium. Yeah, I'm
1: not familiar with that Named after
0: Lise Meitner. Okay. So, you've already probably heard of Marie Curie, and I thought I would just check out who Lise Meitner was. Good idea. So, she is German, and while working at the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute on radioactivity, she discovered the radioactive isotope Proactinium-231. Okay. And then, in 1938, she and her nephew discovered nuclear fission. Oh. So okay. So, she was actually praised by Albert Einstein as the German Marie Curie. That's how he referred to her. Sure. And I would like to point out that she shockingly does not have a Nobel Prize.
1: Yeah, that is shocking. She
0: has been nominated well over 100 times. Really? There's one year where she was nominated 50-something times. Anyways, she's never got one. Everyone else that co-discovered or helped with discovering nuclear fission has one. I would just like to say that that is some BS. And even though she's dead now, they should still give her one because it's kind of... It's obviously something to do with sexism, right? I mean, there's just no... Like there's no guess. other explanation at this point. Uh, and there's
1: lots of scientists that have received Nobel Prizes, like, posthumously.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I'm... Starting my um, petition right now that this woman should get... Like, sh- nuclear fission's a pretty big deal.
1: It, it is a big deal, especially in modern day. Holy cow, has that become a, a, a big thing.
0: So we spoke of gallium earlier, named after Gallia. hmm But <laughs> many suspect that this name was less a case of naming something after his country and more a case of a scientist sneakily trying to name an element after himself. Oh, so here's
1: Gallaleo. a story. <laughs> no, no, it's much sneakier
0: than that. Okay. So in 1875, the French chemist Paul Emile Lecoq named a new element gallium. So you see, uh, yeah,
1: I don't see the connection. No.
0: Well, I'm, I'm getting to it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Okay. Gallus is Latin for rooster. Okay. What is the French word for rooster?
1: I don't know, actually. Cock. Oh, it is. Okay.
0: And it it's masculine. So how would you say rooster? Le Cock. Le
1: Okay. And that was his last name.
0: Which is his last name.
1: Okay. Fine. So a lot Two of people, removed, got there. you know,
0: giggling about it, thought, you know, he did this on purpose. There's no way he wouldn't have known. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a good Catholic French guy not knowing Latin. I mean, he knew Latin. <laughs> he knew Latin. So, right. you know. Um, and then you know Mendelevium for Dimitri Mendeleev which seems, mm-hmm. seems fitting he should be on there somewhere. Yeah. Einsteinium as you mentioned. Yeah. Um Borium for Niels Bohr. Good. Who is who is a chemist that Everett probably knows about?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he created the uh no I'm not going to call it the first working model of what the electron clouds look like around a nucleus. Mm-hmm. But he made it for hydrogen, and it was close enough that we were able to, through further scientific advancement, understand it and have it apply to all the elements beyond that.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Enrico Fermi, the physicist, has fermium named after him, nobelium for Alfred Nobel, mm-hmm. and uh, curium is actually named jointly for Marie and Pierre Curie. Okay. Not just for her, I guess. Sure. So scientists also used to pick some simple descriptive names about the properties of an element. Noble gases like xenon and krypton are colorless and odorless, so they have names that mean elusive and hidden. Sure. Um, Beryllium, chlorine, by the way, chloros is green in Greek. Um, Praseodymium and thallium are all different. They all mean green in different ways. Yeah. Thallium is actually green twig.
1: For some. Oh. Again,
0: for some reason. I did not have time to like delve deeply into all 118 elements. Shocking. So some I just know what the name means and I don't know why it means that. Okay. Um, Speaking of colors, there's a ton of elements named for colors. So boron means white. Yep. Chromium just means color.
1: That makes sense. Uh,
0: Indium, named for indigo. Iodine was actually named for violet because Mm -hmm. it's the color of its vapor. Okay. I don't know how...
1: Iodine's iodine used as and a and
0: violet go together. I don't know what language that was,
1: but yeah, iodine's used as a. Oh man, why could I think of the word? But um,
0: it's used for a lot of things in biology. I don't know what it's used for, like chemistry. staining. Yes, um, it does, it's used for the same thing. We gram, gram, staining bacteria actually with iodine, which gets all over your hands and never comes off ever.
1: Yeah, but so so in chemistry, it's more like you uh, mix it, and when the uh, in the presence of a, another element, or when a certain uh, molecule is done reacting, it'll change color. So it's a not a detector, like a
0: indicator. Indicator.
1: That's literally the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Good.
0: It does turn colors when you when it encounters starch. We do use that in biology. for Which a lot is of why too. lab
1: coats in I- every inorganic lab you ever go into is that a weird brown, brown color e- yeah. from the iodine.
0: Um. Cesium. I'm on cesium now. Okay. That means sky blue. Okay. Platinum means silver. We talked about that a little silver.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so neodymium and praseodymium. I wanted to talk about because those are cool names.
1: They're long names.
0: Um, <laughs> so there used to be one element. Didymium. Intel scientists discovered that that wasn't a pure element. There yeah. wasn't one thing in there. There was more than one thing in there. Um. So neodymium is is new twin. Right. And praseodymium means green twin. Though I'm not sure why, because it's used to dye things yellow. Like welding masks and shooting glasses, like that type of thing.
1: Sure. But, um, I the, mean, yellow is made to use green, so maybe it's, in, like, maybe on its own it looks green. But it's
0: possible. But the moment possible. you use it in I something to or apply it to something, it but... may
1: look yellow at that point.
0: Um... Neodymium, I feel like I've heard that associated with lasers. It's probably true. So, didymium, this original thing they thought was an element, meant twin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, which is why when it was split up into two more things, they each got you know new twin and green twin. But why was it named twin? Is the question.
1: That is the question.
0: Um. So they had an element that they named cerite. And then they were like, this isn't one element. This is two elements. Oh, I see. So they split it into didymium, named that one twin, because they're like, look, it's two things. And the other one is lanthanum. So lanthanum is named after the Greek word lan... lanthanion, which okay. means to go unnoticed. So, oh, I So, see. I mean, luckily for them, it was the one meaning twin. They had to split more. Right. You know.
1: So, really, they should have named all of them triplets, but they just didn't
0: quadruplets. There was four things in cerate, right? Lanthanum. Oh, no, you're right, because diademium is not a real thing. Right. You're right. Something about triplets, but I don't know. Any Greek words?
1: Gemini plus their brother.
0: (laughs) Hydrogen. I had this moment when I learned what hydrogen meant where I just, like, hit myself in the head real hard. Like, how? Okay. How? Water? hydro Water-generating. Yeah. Okay. Like, duh. Like, oh my god, duh. Hydro. Yeah. I've known the prefix hydro forever, and I've never associated, like, oh. <laughs> so, then, what does oxygen mean? What does oxy mean? What does the prefix oxy mean in Greek? Air? It means acid. They okay. used to like, like vinegar, for instance, was just called oxy sometimes. Oxyclean. I remember Shoot. learning. I remember learning on Sawbones, one of my favorite podcasts, about oxymel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a vinegar and honey mixture. Right. Yeah, yeah. They used as medicine. Oxymel. Anyway, so oxy means acid. Acid generating. That totally makes Oxygen sense. Oxygen is acid generating. Right over it.
1: It is. Yeah.
0: That's how acids work. Cool. Um, nitrogen. Niter generating and nitre was the word they used for like potassium nitrate like okay. for plants it was like a botany thing i think yeah that, okay um dysprosium means hard to obtain which may have been true in 1886 when they named it sure um but then they developed ion exchange techniques in the 1950s and now we realize it's neither rare nor hard to obtain nor abundant nor special in any way whatsoever Good it for is the it. only element where it, we have not found any unique use for. Everything it does, some other element does better. So you know, dysprosium sounds cool, but apparently it's the most boring element we have.
1: And th- and that's where it's the most extreme. Most extreme in its boringness. boring-ness
0: yeah. Everybody's um, got to
1: you know win a plaque for something.
0: Last but not least, we have two elements that are named after how bad they smell. Okay, bromine means does smell stench. Bad. Oh, I've never smelled bromine. It smells bad. What does it smell like? Bad. <laughs> That's not helpful.
1: I I I can't relate it to something else. It, it does, it's not like a natural smell in my mind. It's it's not nice. Bromine's
0: natural. Don't mess up. Don't mess with the word natural. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just giving you a hard time. The other one that stands after a smell is osmium, yeah, never,
1: which which never means
0: which means smells.
1: Okay smells
0: yeah so now we get to the cool the cool stuff that stuff was cool too i think but we're gonna get to the mythology now um so some of the elements like i said were named after celestial bodies but those celestial bodies were named after elements because
1: no elements after myth or
0: sorry after myth but when you go to like how to name a star or new planetary body they have almost the same exact rules as iupac does about how to name an element Mythology, famous scientist. Anyway, so they have a rule as well to name them after, so it's not surprising sure. that there's a big mythological overlap. um From Norse mythology, there's two element names the really obvious one, thorium, thorium? Yes. from Thor,
1: and odium, um, <laughs> which doesn't exist, but would be good.
0: And vanadium.
1: Okay, chocolate.
0: So, so van- what? Oh, you were telling me that vanadium was in chocolate.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of the highest concentrations of naturally formed vanadium is in cocoa beans.
0: So do they think that that gives chocolate its flavor in some way?
1: Uh, if I remember correctly, it wasn't necessarily the flavor. It was the pleasurable feeling of eating oh, chocolate. Oh, the, the
0: mouthfeel?
1: No, like a chemical response oh, to eating. Oh,
0: interesting. It gives you endorphins? Yeah. So vanadium is after the Scandinavian goddess of beauty and fertility... Vanadis, who you might know by the name Freya. Yeah. So they picked that name because of the wide range of colors found in Vanadian compounds. And they thought it was beautiful. So for some reason, they just went with the Norse goddess of beauty. Um, so Vanadium has four different oxidation states, which each make a lovely color in solution. There's a green, a blue, a yellow, and a lilac. Very cool. And now Everett will explain to you what an oxidation state is.
1: Okay. Well, uh, an oxidation state, so all elements want to become more stable by bonding with other atoms. Atoms want to bond to each other to become more stable. Um, Oxidation state basically dictates how much uh, electrons it wants to pass back and forth with another atom. So to get not very complicated. Most elements have one oxidation state. However, a lot of the metals, especially the transition metals, the ones that sit in the middle of the periodic table and are long and all that type of stuff, um, they have so many electrons far away from the nucleus in clouds <coughs> that are in, you know, what's called F orbital. Doesn't right. matter. No there's, one cares there's, so, it. there's so many ways that those large number of I'm electrons can pair up together. To make various stable forms of the element. There you go. Meaning that it can have different bonding relationships with other elements.
0: You made that complicated, I feel like.
1: That's about as simple as I could think of making it.
0: <laughs> Dang, chemistry. You complicated. Okay, so we get two names from German mythology. I did tell you one earlier, Nickel. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the other one is? Dime. Time. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. That's
1: and no, I don't.
0: joke. So, centuries ago, German miners uncovered veins of ore that looked like silver, but it was difficult to smelt and it often gave them little to no silver. Okay. They took to calling the ore and the metal they found in it cobalt, huh. which was derived from cobalt. A kobold is the okay. German word for goblin. And if yeah. you play any sort of video games, yeah. I'm assuming you have encountered one of these as an enemy mm, at some point. Times. They're in Dungeon Defenders. I, I'm, that's the first thing I thought of yeah, was Dungeon Defenders. I know they're in, I know tons of other games too, but I yes. just, I'm kind of blanking. There is one where we had to fight waves like a horde. Oh man.
1: Well, I mean, they're in <sighs> World of Warcraft. They're in... Oh, there
0: you go. So they're, that's that's the German word around. for goblin, yeah. basically. Um, So the miners said it was these mischievous goblins that stole the silver and replaced it with unsmeltable cobalt. So, cobalt, cobalt.
1: Okay, that's very cool.
0: Uh, The metal nickel, pretty much identical circumstances how it got that name. So German miners found an ore that resembled the one they wanted, which was copper. They were looking for copper. Instead, they found nickel, which apparently had a similar reddish hue, which is funny because in my mind nickel is like a gray metal, but that's just because nickels are gray. It's not because actual nickel. Like, I have a warped Mm -hmm. (laughs) representation of that in my head. Um, So, you know, they blamed that on nickel, who was like a German trickster spirit Uh god thing. Mischievous, you know. Um, And therefore, Kupfer nickel... Copper nickel, nickel from copper,
1: yeah.
0: Copper from nickel, yeah. Basically, um, ended up dropping the Kupfer part when they figured out how to isolate the um what the what the part that they wanted. Um, so yeah, they blamed it on nickel, and that's why devils copper because nickel can sometimes have that kind of role in the mythological stories. Right. So the rest are pretty much all from Greek and Roman mythology though.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, iridium is named after the Greek goddess Iris, personification of the rainbow mm-hmm. because of the like amazing colors and diversity of colors you get with Iridium salts. Yeah, you do. Prometheum named for Prometheus. Everyone knows about him and I'm going to talk about him in a comparative mythology episode soon, so I'm not going to tell any Prometheus stories here. Palladium was named after the comet Pallas, and the comet Pallas was named after Athena. Okay, sure. So Pallas is one of Athena's aliases. In fact, in the literature, in ancient literature, Pallas, or Pallas Athena, is, is used more than the word Athena. Really? That's kind of her preferred name. There was ancient primitive tribes that rep- that just worshipped Pallas. They didn't even call her Athena at all. And um, she was similar, but slightly different than uh, we see in mainstream Greek. So the story behind Athena's birth very basically is that Zeus impregnates a really important titan named Matus. And he's worried that this baby is going to be more powerful than him. So. There is a particularly misogynistic <laughs> Greek writer who claimed that the issue was he knew this one was going to be a girl and that didn't matter. But the next one was going to be a boy more powerful than him. So he had to do something about it now, apparently. Anyways, regardless of why, Zeus swallows Metis whole. Yeah. Gives birth to a fully grown Athena from his head. hmm And she's a goddess of wisdom. But some accounts, like the one from Apollodorus, which is a pretty major source in Greek history... Um, say that she was not born fully grown. Just oh. like an older child. Just like maybe a teen. Okay. Pre-teen even. But, you know, still got a little growing up to do. So she is sent to Triton, the son of Poseidon, to be raised with Triton's daughter, Pallas. And they were best friends. They learned the art of warcraft, which always makes me laugh. Um, (laughs) they spar against each other. They're training. One day Zeus comes to watch. Pallas is about to hit Athena. And Zeus, for some reason, decides he needs to defend his daughter. And he distracts Pallas with his aegis. And, uh, so at the last second, Pallas looks away. And Athena's blow is fatal, quite accidentally. Um, she's distraught and mourning, so she takes Pallas' name to honor her. So that's one of the stories, there's a few versions, but that's the most popular version to explain why Pallas is Athena. In 1814, a Swedish chemist discovered a new metal that could be placed in strong acid without drinking it, as he put it, without reacting. Right. And apparently this reminded him of the story of Tantalus. So he called the new element tantalum. Okay. Okay what's that you say? You want me to tell you the story of Tantalus? Well, I want to tell the story. So Go for it. um, it's kind of the one, one of the most messed up ones in Greek mythology. It is. Yeah. Um, even like the scholars and everyone's It's very it's, tantalizing. A little, it's a little out of place in how, in the, in the concepts, some of the concepts. So, so Tantalus was one of Zeus's many, 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 many sons. Yep. King of Mount Sypolis in Lydia. Lydia was in like an ancient region where Turkey is. He was the father of Pelops and Niobe mm-hmm. and a friend of the gods, a very close friend of the gods. It doesn't ever, I looked this up so many places, it doesn't ever explain why these decisions are made or these thoughts are had. Just, just, it just says, oh, he's questioning how powerful the gods are and he wants to test them. How like, why? they are? Why? Just. Why not? Omnipotent.
1: Uh, science of the time.
0: Yeah. Great idea. It's always a good idea. So first, he tries mm-hmm. to steal some ambrosia from the gods and gave it to some mortals.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, that didn't work out enough for him. No. Nope. So next, he throws a dinner party
1: yeah. and he invites
0: all of the Olympians.
1: Sure does.
0: And dinner is served. They don't eat though, except for Demeter. Mm-hmm. She's she's really she's really sad. This is the time of year that Persephone's down in Hades and she mourns and the earth goes cold and nothing grows and. So she's not paying much attention and she does take a bite before she looks around and realizes that no one else is eating. What's going on? Well, what's going on was that Tantalus had killed his own son, Pelops, and chopped him up into the stew for just shits and giggles. I don't know. There is no explanation about why he thought this was a test or like just to see and to see if they could fix it, basically.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but like, why? That's my question. Why? To see if they knew why, why, why would you do this? My impression was that he was
1: trying to determine if they were omnipresent.
0: Omnipotent.
1: Omnipotent.
0: Well, I don't know. All-powerful. All-knowing is...
1: All-knowing, yeah.
0: All-knowing is, is omniscient.
1: One. Omniscient. Then that one.
0: Okay. Well, cool. They never really explain it. So that's a good as good an explanation as any. And, um, the gods do have powers after all. Because they do gather around and put Pelops back together piece by piece, except, except for that little missing piece, which was his shoulder. Correct. Big bite.
1: Well, big bite. She's a god.
0: Uh, <laughs> so that was never to return. And Hephaestus nicely made him an ivory shoulder mm-hmm. to wear instead. Ta da! So now Tantalus was sent down to Hades. Correct. But not just to the underworld, he was sent to Tartarus. Tantalus was sent to Tartarus, which is the darkest depths of the underworld for only the worst crimes. Correct. S- Sisyphus and all those guys down yeah. there. and So Tantalus is forced to spend every moment seeking food he can't eat and water he can't drink.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He stands in water that's up to his neck and beneath a fruit chin. tree. To his chin. Well, his neck is... I don't know how you distinguish neck from chin, but okay.
1: Okay, well, you continue the story. Your neck
0: is right here, and your chin is right here. It's the same thing. My
1: impression was that the water was always at the closest possible.
0: Well, every source says a different thing.
1: Okay, well, I ruined the story. You keep going.
0: You did. How dare you. Whenever he reaches to get a fruit from the low-hanging branches above him, the branches rise up just out of his reach, and whenever he tries to bend down for a drink, the water recedes. So you've probably guessed this is the origin of the English word tantalize. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have another element, niobium, discovered, and they thought this is a lot like tantalum. So, you know, let's name it after Tantalus' daughter, Niobe. Okay. She had seven sons and seven daughters. And then she went around bragging of, like, her superiority in the child-having department for some reason. Sure. She, uh, she didn't just do that to anyone, though. She went right to the Titan Leto and bragged about all her kids.
1: It's probably not a good idea.
0: I have 14 kids and you have two kids. Uh, By the way, the Titan Leto's two children were the twins Apollo and Artemis. Oh. So, Apollo killed all of her sons, and Artemis killed all of her daughters, and that'll show her for all that hubris. Yeah, showed her. Dang, Greek myths, you're harsh. So, all of her children were dead, and she ran back to Mount Sipolis and turned into stone. And it is said that as stone, she still weeps unceasingly. Mount Sipolis does in reality have a natural rock formation which looks like a female face known as the weeping rock because rain water seeps through it because it's like just porous limestone yeah so it does look like a crying woman cool yeah hyperion and thea were also titans they had three children hesiod referred to them as the lovely children, rosy-armed Eos and rich-tressed Selene and tireless Helios. Is it Selene or Selene? I don't Mm. know how you say Greek things. So basically their three children were the dawn, the moon, and the sun. Okay. We have elements named all those things. Selenium was named for Selene, the moon goddess. Helium for the sun god Helios. um, Because they discovered helium as a solar-generated... Element and they wanted to name it after the sun. That makes sense. Eos, gold, is actually named after Eos because her Latin name or her Roman name, should I say, is Aurora. Okay. Eos is Greek for dawn, and Aurora is Latin. The and there's that au coming. that yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: that we mentioned earlier. Um, tellurium, tellurium, sorry, was discovered actually right before selenium. So they wanted to name them something balanced, like they were twins, so the Earth and the Moon. They went Tellurium after Tellus, the Roman goddess of the Earth. Okay. And in 1940, uh, chemists at the University of California made two new radioactive elements derived from uranium. Uranium, of course, had been named in 1788, a long time ago, for Uranus, the Roman god of the sky. So Uranus is the um, Greek, well is the Roman equivalent of, is it Cronus? Uh, Zeus's father. Cronus. Cronus. It's Cronus, right? Hmm. Yeah. So that's the Roman equivalent for Cronus. Um, following the order of the planet, they wanted to follow the order of the planets after this. So they knew it came from uranium. They named the new one Neptunium. Okay. Or, you know, Neptune, god of the sea.
1: Yeah.
0: Who is Poseidon. Correct. Okay. And then the next one, Plutonium, for Pluto, Greek god of the underworld. Or Roman god of the underworld. Greek is Hades. Cadmium, named for Cadmus. I never knew that about Cadmium. Named for Cadmus, who is the prince of Phoenicia and one of the brothers of Europa. okay. And when when Europa was kidnapped by Zeus as a teenager, their parents sent Cadmus after her. To find her and told him not to come back without her. Well that sucks, because like what's a teenage boy supposed to do against Zeus? So he just he shockingly did not ever go home. He married Harmonia, who was a goddess, and founded the city of Thebes. Okay. Lastly, to wrap up his story, he and Harmonia are turned into snakes. Depending on which source you read, it's either before their deaths or after. Um, and then eventually, after they live with snakes for a while, they go to live with the immortals. As snakes? No, actually, not not snakes anymore. They get to. Did they?
1: Live. Did they take a plane to get there?
0: I think it had something to do with the fact that Harmonia was a goddess. I think there was something going on there. Okay. <laughs> um, Mercury, named after the Roman messenger god Mercury, Greek Hermes, mm-hmm. because because. It was a poisonous metallic element that flowed quickly at room temperature. And their vision of Mercury was constantly zipping around with those little winged sandals. Yep. Um, There was a whole bunch of elements that they wanted to name, again, more after Uranus. Uranus, they thought. I don't know why everything had to be named after Uranus. But instead of picking one of his offspring, they decided to just name an element after a bunch of his offspring, Titanium is named after the Titans. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, So Cerium, last time we'll talk about Cerium, is named after the asteroid Ceres. Sicilian astronomer Giuseppe Piazzi spotted this thing he thought was a planet. Turned out not to be a planet. It was an asteroid, right? Um, But Ceres, who is the Roman goddess of agriculture, so Demeter... Just the Roman name. Yep. Um, was always viewed as a protector of Sicily, which is where Piazzi was from. So he named that in her honor, Ceres. And then just, just two years after he named this asteroid, they discovered the element and in honor of that called it Cerium. Cool. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of my survey of how different elements got their names. The one thing I will conclude with. Is that we're, you know, by the early 2000s, the periodic table, we realized is missing only four elements now. Then on December 30th, 2015, IUPAC announced the confirmation of the experiments that produced the four elements that were missing. 113, 115, 117, and 118.
1: Very cool. So that
0: completes the seventh row of the periodic table. The right. table is all filled in, no more gaps. Um, the new elements are, were Nihonium, named for Japan, Moscovium, named for Moscow, Tennessine named for Tennessee, and Oganessin, which is after Russian physicist Yuri Oganessian. Okay. And now 118 elements are on the table. Seventh rows is complete. Doesn't mean we're done.
1: No, we could potentially go into more rows, but man, they get way more unstable as you... Right. get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so bigger. there
0: are scientists working on this, smashing yeah. smashing things together, trying to build bigger things. And the hope is that they will find um a stable region that has elements of longer half-life because like these elements, these new ones, their half or their lives, they only last milliseconds. Correct. They're unstable, they fall apart. So we're trying to, you know, smash things together until we get something that sticks basically. Basically, yeah. And who knows Who knows what cool new discoveries we'll make. That's why chemistry is pretty cool.
1: The one reason. Okay, good. I'm glad I got one.
0: I think there's a few, but that's one I'll, I'll mention right now. Perfect. Um, the other cool things will be mentioned next week when we talk about things like the most flammable substance in the world and, well... Fire. <laughs> that's a terrible (laughs) no fire how can fire be flammable it's already on fire how you can't set fire on fire
1: plus it's a chemical reaction not a thing really we can get into that next week
0: we will get into that next week um all right so thank you so much everyone for tuning in and listening to this episode of teach me something once again i'm melissa
1: and i'm everett
0: and i hope you learned something new